Hey Shravya, I've seen some really concerning news these past few days. Really? What happened? Uh, is the world number one still alive? What do you mean? Of course he is. I mean, the vigils they're holding for him and his father calling him a modern Jesus could have fooled me. Hello everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Josefina and Shravya. Shravya and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the female Gen Z voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. All right, welcome to... Season three of Hold On To Your Racket. Um, it is 2022, so Happy New Year. If you take a look back to one year ago, we were reporting on the craziness of the Australian Open hard quarantine drama and the special treatment given to the players who were allowed to play the exhibition tournaments in Adelaide and all that sort of stuff. And would you look at that, the happiest slam, or what's it called, the happy slam, um, is already starting with quite a fair bit of drama, and it is, what, five or six days into the new year? Well, I mean, it started yesterday, but, I mean, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, it is quite a lot. We thought last year, we were complaining, we were saying, dang, you know, our first Australian Open and there's so much to cover, like, at least give us a chance to warm up or something. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess they really did warm us up because here we are and there is so much drama, or as we call it, tea. So. Exactly. We want to say with the caveat that you probably already know what story we're talking about here, but this is a developing story. <laughs> a lot of people are confused, including probably you guys, and definitely ourselves, until we did a little bit more research at, into aside from just social media and skimming through articles to try to figure out what's happening and have a pretty decent idea of what is generally known about the situation, but there is still a lot of speculation around these topics that you'll see online. So we kind of want to stay away from that and try to provide whatever information is currently out there to you um, in an easy way um, while also making sure that we do mention where we're getting some of the more specific information from because there's a lot going on. Yeah, so just in case you haven't caught on, the story is Novak Djokovic being deported from Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Would you ever think that that, like, Uh, this deserves a movie. (laughs) This needs to be made into a movie. Netflix documentary coming out. Andrew Garf Andrew Garfield <laughs> starring as Novak Djokovic. <laughs> he dyes his hair black and he'll be perfect for the role. Okay. Um <laughs> Maybe that'll make me feel a little bit more sympathetic. Um no. We should him. not feel sympathetic <laughs> whatsoever because okay, here's the deal. So the Australian um open vaccine mandate was announced in November. So already since then, there was speculation around whether Djokovic would be even attending the Australian Open since he's made it clear that
that he is not vaccinated. He likes to advertise it, actually. And that's part of what got him into this whole That's mess. part of his charm. <laughs> oh, my God. He's amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in case you didn't know, he is going for his 10th Australian Open title and record-breaking 21 Grand Slams. So, I mean, it makes sense that he went kind of insane for this one because he is losing a lot since it is his best open and he was going for that record breaking 21 but i mean um, there was a very easy solution yeah but yep so easy so whatever we'll get to that yeah so yesterday wednesday you're well this episode's coming out on friday but on wednesday Djokovic uh posted on instagram um, saying that he will be, he said, Happy New Year, I hope your families are healthy, and I rolled my eyes as soon as I read the next sentence, which is that he said he would be attending the Australian Open because he has received an exemption. Very strange to say that you've received an exemption, I think, from a PR standpoint, and clearly looking at what happened, I don't understand why, but then again, sort of talking more Thematically, we actually talked a little bit about this in our episode with Steve Flink. It seems that Djokovic has really embraced the role of being a villain or like a rebel in a sense, standing up against the quote unquote establishment in tennis. Okay. His synonym for Fidel. Um, <laughs> but basically, the point is in that post, he made it clear that he was in a way flaunting the fact that, haha, I got my way. I stayed unvaxxed and I'm still able to come here and play my tennis. And let's make it clear we, I mean, we're not particularly in the tennis sense, we're not Djokovic fans per se, but we appreciate his success on the court. No one wants to not see him make history, like not appreciate the fact that he's making history. And surely people would like to see that if he had come fairly and follow, mm-hmm. abided by the rules. But again, we'll get into that. So essentially in this post, he was flaunting his exemption, making it clear. And it was really a big slap in the face to Australians who have gone through lockdown for two years now and have really tried hard to keep their vaccination rates up and keep COVID down, but it is really difficult to do so. And just to see an athlete like this getting away with that is is disheartening. I can't even imagine what people are feeling like. And the reason that uh, this was a bit surprising was because he had withdrawn from the ATP Cup just a week or so before. So that's where people started asking questions like, huh, what does this mean about his Australian Open prospects? Yeah, so he arrived at the Melbourne airport on Wednesday, and that's kind of where all of this started. So was he allowed to participate in the first place? Like, what was he doing in the airport in the first place? Well, here's the answer to that. So... In case you didn't know, in order to come into Australia, or therefore participate in the Australian Open, unvaccinated... Well, actually, there's a, that, that's the distinction there. It's a, oh yeah, sorry, I thought you were saying something else. You're oh, totally correct. Yeah. I spoke too soon. Unvaccinated, you need a medical exemption. And so basically, there's a two-stage blind review process, and Craig Tyler... And this review process is Tennis Australia and the Australian Open's rules that the government agreed on them. This is separate from any border patrol or federal government stuff, Yeah, which is going to be an issue soon. So there's the two-stage blind review process where Craig Tiley stressed that Novak received no special treatment in that whole process. And then the exemption application 
was submitted and approved by Tennis Australia, apparently. And again, that exemption application is a review by the Independent Medical Exemption Review Panel. Yes, that exists. Uh, otherwise known as the IMRP. And they are appointed by the Victoria Department of Health. So very official stuff. And the qualifications are apparently that players have to have an acute medical condition that um, prevents them from being vaccinated without like serious um, side effects or have had COVID in the past six months. So, uh, I mean, it's definitely interesting because Tylee stressed that Novak received no spe- special treatment in this process, but then again, like, we don't know of a medical condition, and also the last time we've known Novak to have had COVID was in 2020, which was more than a year ago. So, again, this all comes back to the fact that he, um, like, posted the exemption on Instagram, and then he kind of, like, said it in a way where, like, even if he did have some sort of medical condition that was, like, that would have allowed him to be exempt from being vaccinated, he chose to take a stance where it was like, I, I don't know, the him being unvaccinated has always seemed political, and he's made it that way himself. And he wants to make that clear, like, I think, like, it, it just seems, I mean, this is, again, obviously speculation, but from just our point of view, it seems that since he's been flaunting this sort of anti-vaccine stance for so long, that it seems he's basically has invited the skepticism in a way around the validity of this exemption. Now, to be clear, whatever documentation and application for the exemption that was submitted to Tennis Australia and approved by them, and then also approved by that independent medical exemption review panel, clearly was legit to them. I mean, there was clearly something there that they were like, okay, like if it had gone through a blind review process in two stages. So that's also where it gets confusing because then it's like, okay, so did he have COVID in the past six months? Um, Did he, you know, does he have some acute medical condition? I mean, who knows? Again, like we can't report that. Obviously, Djokovic has decided to remain private on that matter which I mean everyone is entitled to do so but in our view or at least in my view like when you're an athlete of this stature and are and are recklessly talking about vaccines that way and then um completely like slapping all Australians in the face just wanting to walk into their country without following their rules um and trying to get around it with a loophole or you know not even making the attempt to be vaccinated unless he has some I don't know but whatever it just seems a bit shady so on that on that topic let's discuss the validity of this reasoning so Craig Tiley said that 26 players applied for an exemption and quote-unquote a handful were granted it 99% of the 3,000 plus people coming into Australia for the Australian Open are vaccinated and the quote-unquote handful that were exempt were exempt for either a medical condition or a recent um, infection as we said within the past six months. Um, However, Australian health officials had said late last year that a recent infection is not necessarily enough to gain gain entry into Australia. Now, we're not doctors, so we're not going to make our own decision about whether or not that's a thing. I mean, I don't know. But there clearly seems to be 
discrepancies here, which is yeah. a huge crux of this whole issue. I mean, like, you can talk about Djokovic being anti-vax and, you know, being selfish and not doing the simple thing all you want, but at the same time, these rules are so, like, dodgy and unclear, and there seems to be a bit of inconsistency that it's also, like, Australia, like, Australian Open, Craig Tiley, Scott Morrison, What what is going on? This This is very strange. Yeah, so... Again, there's that, like, whole underlying, like, is this all just, like, this whole political show after they realize that they messed up? Because yeah. I think the fact that people got so angry after they found out from Djokovic flaunting it, that was his own choice. Um, Like, the Australian health officials and, you know, Tennis Australia saw that they are like, oh, we need to clean this up now because exactly made a huge fool of us. As well yeah. as the entire population of Australia, yeah. so we cannot. Both parties are definitely at wrong. Yeah. Here, because it yeah has been politicized. But again, that's but, like yeah. a that's like a theory, and it's a very likely theory. But again, like it's not proven. So technically, yeah. we never said that. So everybody here is sharing like a big secret. Okay, okay, so. <laughs> So, okay, so like we said before, he arrived in Melbourne at the airport on Wednesday, okay? But what had happened was that his visa apparently did not approve those vaccine exemptions that apparently he had been given previously, and therefore he did not meet the federal and ABF entry requirements to enter Australia, so... Upon arrival in Australia, the Australian border force detained him at the airport and canceled his visa because of this. And also, they held him <laughs> overnight <laughs> without his phone. And did they take away the cellular devices of his team? I don't think so, right? Because I don't think so because his coach posted yeah. a photo. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was funny. That was yeah. He might have gotten in trouble for that, but that was really funny. Yeah. So here's where we want to make the big distinction between what Australian Border Force, a.k.a. federal government, is saying versus the Tennis Australia um, Medical Review and the Independent Board. So these are clearly two different entities having two different opinions on the validity. um, Well, I shouldn't say validity. I should say the merit of this vaccine exemption to qualify for entry into Australia. Again, why are these rules not more clear? Whatever. Um, so the acting sports minister, Victoria Jala Pulford, said, quote, We've always been clear on two points. Visa approvals are a matter for the federal government and medical exemptions are a matter for doctors. So setting aside this exemption debacle and whether or not that is fair for him to get that exemption, even if he got one, he wasn't allowed in because of those federal visa regulations. And those are the rules and those are the laws. So, I mean, as she, as, as Pulford said, that's how it is. Yeah. I mean, it is a bit unclear, but then again, he should have also been keeping track of, of this, these rules. Yeah. But also the way I've seen everything written, like the way they said it sounds like the exemption never existed in the first place because like, how can you have that medical exemption and then like somehow it's just forgotten when you're yeah. coming into the and country that's what i some, don't understand that and that's what some reporting has said i mean um 
The Age, which is a um, news agency in Australia, said, quote, A federal government source familiar with the episode said there were question marks about whether Djokovic had adequate documentation to prove the reason for his exemption. This evidence is required to be presented at the border by unvaccinated people. The source said it was not clear whether a COVID-19 infection in the past six months, which is suspected to be the justification for the player's exemption, was sufficient to secure entry into Australia under federal guidelines. And this is what we were just mentioning about what Australian health officials said late last year about this whole six-month um, ex- infection thing. Yeah, and then also from the age, Paul Sackle, who has been doing some close reporting of this story, said... Um, the Djokovic paperwork on arrival was minimal and only supported by one doctor, sources said, far less substantive than the three others who entered using the same vaccine exemption when officials asked him to hand up more documentation. None was produced. So, yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. Because, because as we said before, quote-unquote, a handful of players have been allowed in with an exemption. So Djokovic isn't the only one. But the question is, okay, why are they allowed there and why is he allowed there? This reporting may allude to that. Also, considering the fact that maybe not all of those players applied for the same reason. Yeah. Of exemption. No, but definitely. Again, question marks. Because, question marks. Yeah. Because, like, the player field is so large. I'm sure there was at least a couple of players who literally cannot get vaccinated with, like, genuine reason. Mm-hmm. But then it's so shady, the fact that, like, Djokovic is the world number one he's here to take his big 21 like and everyone was thinking wait there's no way he can't be here and also he brings back a lot of revenue so that's another thing to remember here yeah it's it's oh uh, yeah and he was going to make history at that mm-hmm. i mean most likely he was going to win i mean no one's been able to stop him at the australian open for the past nine years so <laughs> like well, well, sorry, no, that's not, that's incorrect. Wait, I just said false information. No, not in a row. You know what I meant. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know what I meant. She's had yeah. an era, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Australian Border Force, obviously, because of this visa issue, has threatened to deport Djokovic to Serbia. As Josephine was saying, detain him at the airport overnight, the beginning portion of which he was without his cell phone. Um, and we're going to get into some opinions people had about that and saying that, you know, he was unfairly treated, whatever, whatever, we're going to get into that. But let's sort of tie the ends on this story. So Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister, said in a tweet, quote, rules are rules, especially when it comes to our borders. No one is above these rules. Our strong border policies have been critical to Australia, having one of the lowest death rates in the world from COVID. We are continuing to be vigilant. I see Josephina nodding her head because this is all valid stuff here. And Morrison is right. But no, they at the same so time, hard. Like, have you seen yeah. how hard Australia has struggled to like be so safe and keep their citizens safe? Like, they turned away like genuine citizens of Australia at the border. Like, people mm-hmm. could not come home for year to visit their families. Yeah. To like Ash funerals, Barty like... last year said she right. didn't see her family for You're so right. long because exactly. she was playing on tour. Exactly. Now, all fair points, and I mean, Morrison's words are true, but then again, it's very hard to ignore that this whole thing has been politicized in a way, um, because in the aftermath of such public outrage over this whole issue. So it that's why it's so hard to talk about these stories and why I think it's so interesting also to 
talk about this stuff when it involves sports because it involves celebrities and celebrities are easy to politicize and they are inherently politicized and when you have this conflation of science public health celebrity sports yeah. money politics um and immigration it's policy yeah it's a lot of it's it's very easy to become conflated and that is why again we want to caveat that this is all stuff that is being reported but it's so hard to see what the actual story is unless we're walking right behind Djokovic, unless we're sitting in Craig Tiley's office, unless yeah, we're exactly. clearly with um, Scott Morrison. Like, there's so many people involved that it's uh, it's a lot going on. And speaking of pol- politicization and people being involved, we're going to move to another country. Yeah, so the Serbian president got involved. Um, Alexander Vucic um, said... I told our Novak that the whole of Serbia is with him and that our bodies are doing everything to see that the harassment of the world's best... <laughs> harassment! I'm so sorry. Oh my god. The harassment of the world's best tennis player is brought to an end immediately. In line with all norms of international law, Serbia will fight for Novak, truth, and justice. Novak is strong, as we all know. Okay. I mean, I already told Chiragi about this. I was like, well, here comes the Serbian-Australian war, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, so clearly a lot of people getting involved here. Uh, If if you have the moment to, please do search up what Djokovic's dad has been saying about this whole thing. Absolutely unreal. (laughs) Yeah, and then... Obviously, like Novak Djokovic, like we said, there's a lot riding on him having being able to play at this Australian Open. So obviously he wasn't going to go down without a fight. So he actually filed an appeal to a federal judge while this was happening or after the decision was made that his visa would be um, canceled. And they are set to meet at 10 a.m. on Monday, apparently. And he was moved to a quarantine hotel in the city. And the earliest date of deportation is still Monday because they still have to meet, obviously. And he is at the Park Hotel Melbourne. So if you go, if you want to go visit him, go ahead. (laughs) And it's reportedly a crappy hotel and like it's meant for ABF detainees. Obviously, people like in a little bit of trouble you know like not great stuff and there's been like fires covid outbreaks mold bugs and foods you know only the best for the world number one so if denied um his visa visa yeah yeah if denied his visa Djokovic might possibly not be allowed to come back into Australia until 2025 so like he's really gotten himself into like legal trouble now because coming in with like you have to understand how like this is a pretty large-scale thing that's going on and he's in a lot of trouble actually and it's not that people are trying to downplay it but so many other issues that are involved in this thing like Shravya was saying, like, so many people have gotten involved that it's kind of, like, um, over- undermined the fact that Djokovic is in legal trouble. Like, that's the point. Like, that's our point. We're and, just giving you the yeah. facts. And I think the most scary part of this whole thing is that this is with legal trouble, with politicization, with this whole thing about, you know, not being allowed into the country and being deported comes with the question of, like, freedom and vaccination. 
and this is very quickly this Djokovic situation is becoming a like is becoming an anthem for anti-vaxxers which is incredibly terrifying in terms of first of all does Djokovic want to be associated with that second of all what does this mean for fans um and how they may want to align with that oh and, boy I mean oh we've boy. seen in the past I'm getting meta level here but we've seen in the past how sports and politics coming together can be a good thing like it can give players the platform to advocate for issues that they care about but at the same time when especially when science is thrown into the mix of it or when it gets this heated like you end up becoming a brand for particular political movements that maybe you didn't want to be associated with anyways um and this certainly isn't a good look for Djokovic and the fact that it's becoming picked up as a vaccine issue yeah is really scary because at the end of the day australia's rules say the federal government rules say you can't enter if you aren't vaccinated and you don't have a valid reason for not, not having one yeah and exactly. the federal government has said clear-cut that no novak does not have a fair reason um to come in and you know he is subject to that decision because he chose to come, not get vaccinated and come into a country where its people have worked so hard to make sure that that rule stays in place. Um, so just to wrap this up, um, the crux of the issue is, again, that the Tennis Australia slash Australian Open's view on the exemption versus the Fed's view on the exemption is different, right? So Tennis Australia has given him an exemption to participate in the Australian Open, but the federal government hasn't given or hasn't authorized him to enter Australia, aka his visa. Um, so, again, there's, there's, this is very much a developing story. We want to make sure that, you know, we're updating you guys on this as we go. But if there are a few last points we wanted to say, is like, first of all, this could have all been avoided had he gotten vaccinated. Second of all, it is kind of confusing why these exemptions are in place in the first place. Like, it, it is confusing. Obviously, the situation has really been politicized. There's a lot of discrepancies between um, the Australian Open policies and the federal government policies, which is really frustrating. And um, I think the think um, other thing is a lot of people have been saying, talking about the unfairness of his detainment and sort of the cruelty of that situation. And yeah, it does expose a lot of issues with Border Patrol forces. Like, to be living in that kind of hotel it's unfair for anyone but reality check there are thousands of refugees and detainees in those same situations dealing with a lot worse who aren't you know celebrity athletes like and they don't have places to go back to exactly and to act to act like joke which is the most oppressed person in the world to hold vigils for him yeah to hold vigils for him for his dad to call him like the cut like jesus being crucified like, it's all very tough. No, I've seen and people, like, actively using slogans from other, like, recent um, political movements that we've had, like, even Black Lives Matter. Like, really? Be, yeah. Be kind oh of, God. what's it called, like, parodied for this Oh, my thing. God. I've seen stuff about, like, relating it to Peng Shui. Yeah, yeah, Like, exactly. I've seen hashtag where is Novak Djokovic or hashtag it's free Novak, and I'm like, so oh my god. Ignorant. It's insane. It's so ignorant. It's so ignorant. And to bring it all back, I mean, Djokovic actions 
his, you know, anti-vax rhetoric, his weird tiptoeing around the topic prompted the, spe the speculation around the validity of his exemption. That's plain and simple. Like, it, it warranted that. Um, and the fact that he posted that and flaunted that exemption and, you know, didn't get vaccinated is also tone deaf because Australians have really been trying hard. Huh. Yeah. I think we successfully vented our concerns. I think we did because that was, I was angry about that for a long time. But yeah. honestly, yeah. I was honestly more angry when I found out that he would be playing in the Australian Open. And then <laughs> and you were actively spamming me with all the Twitter updates and oh, everything. Oh, I was. The memes were I needed too good. to know. I needed to know. Because yeah. I was in the middle of my chemistry class, or biology, and <laughs> I was just like, my phone was right next to me under the desk, and I was like, what is happening? What the hell? I well, Jeff, we're just being deported. That's what's happening. How cells work does not matter right now. <laughs> yes. But, I mean... With all this chaos going on, there is actual tennis still going on in Australia, and we are going to talk about it in Tennis Talk, but a few couple, a couple of other quick things that Josephina is going to tell you about very briefly. Yes, so um, we actually wrote an article, which is pretty cool, in, well, I, I try not to say in collaboration with Popcorn Tennis, because we wrote it, but, like, they posted it on their blog website so go mm -hmm. check it out it's popcorn tennis you'll find it if you just look up popcorn tennis and the article is called atp you've let us down because they have been quite problematic in recent times especially considering their stance on the peng shui situation and also their own um domestic violence um policies that have or lack just thereof don't exist <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah. yeah so go check it out you know educate yourself we're here to provide you all the information that we can and we pride ourselves in being pretty candid as you might have seen in this entire conversation but yeah and also we got nominated for the sports podcast awards so you can head over to their website and vote and for vote us. And vote for us. For best, is it tennis sports podcast? Yeah, we, yeah. Got, we got shortlisted for best tennis podcast along with just a few others. So, I mean. The few others not, don't really, not, like, Not matter. to flex or anything. Yeah. But go ahead, give us a vote. We're going to probably post the link more on our social media as we navigate that more. Because we literally just found out the news a few hours ago. Yes. Um, but... Thank you guys for always making this a fun thing for us. We're going to close the book on discussing this Djokovic thing today for the most part. Yes. And let's get into tennis talk. So now that we've covered all the drama painstakingly, but we got it done, you know, it's like those chores that you don't want to do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we had to talk about it. And honestly... Honestly, it was beneficial to our mental health because we needed to rant so badly. Um, but now we're going to talk about the actual tennis that's taking place in Australia, you know, inside the Border Patrol. Um, and first up, we have the ATP Cup. And it was the first tournament of 2022, very much the first tournament of 2022 because it started on January 1st. When I found that out, I thought, wow, I really don't get a break, but I'll be okay. 
because the players are okay, we think. And so the format... Unless they of, have an exemption from being okay. Oh, boy. I'm going to spend the whole rest of this episode being salty about this whole situation. It's okay. It's okay. We're okay. It's entertaining. Okay, so the format of the ATP Cup is that it's a country team's competition with a 16-team field and 14 groups. So after round-robin elimination, the winner of each group advances to the semifinals and so on. If you don't know what happens after semifinals, you can log off the episode. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is also hilarious because the Davis Cup literally ended like two or three weeks ago. Like yesterday? So, yeah. And I'm so annoyed that they took away the Hopman Cup, which was basically the ATP Cup, except it was ATP and WTA. So there was mixed doubles, there was men and women, a lot more entertaining in my opinion. But anyways, we're going to go really fast through the results because today actually the semifinals were decided. So Spain versus Poland um, is the first semifinal. Spain earned the first place spot in Group A, even without Nadal, um, with an impressive 8-1 record. They had perfect 3-0 wins against Chile and Norway and a 2-1 win against Serbia. And their really big stars have been Roberto Batista Gut and Pablo Carreño Busta, who have both been playing amazing, especially RBA. Like, he has mm-hmm. been... I heard one commentator Popping describe... Off. I heard one commentator describe his game this week as quote-unquote clinical. And that's scary. Um, because... Ha, Sorry, that's horrible. <laughs> another, another joke of a joke could be inserted in here i know i was thinking that (laughs) but um he's doing great we've also have martinez and adf uh davidovich fokina undefeated as a doubles team so spain has been looking really awesome they are always doing great in these team competitions and then we also have a resurgence in polish tennis as we've been seeing in the past couple of years and on the atp side we've got hubie hercotch leading the way as they made it into the first place position in group d also with an 8-1 record. So they had perfect 3-0 wins against Georgia, <laughs> Basilashvili, uh, and Argentina. Um, and Hercotch has been undefeated. And one of the players that he beat was, um, his last name was Thanos, or Thanos. I mean, Thanos. I don't know if the Marvel pronunciation is Thanos, correct. Or Thanos, Thanos. Actually, yeah. oh my God, I should shut up because I'm probably wrong. um he had that win against the greek player so there was a lot of thanos and hercotch memes um from the marvel x tennis world which josephina is a proud part of um Uh, i'm working my way up (laughs) (laughs) extra points to whoever can um guess which two actors let josephina into the marvel universe um Dun, 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 dun. Okay, we'll continue. <laughs> you can reach us. We can, you can reach out to us on our social medias. You'll get those in the outro. <laughs> um, an honorable mention in Group D is Diego Schwartzman because he had a great one versus Sitsipas and led Argentina's three zero win against Greece. Great from Diego, so but also a little bit concerning for Sitsipas because he does seem to still be struggling with some sort of so- shoulder or elbow injury. So that's going to be interesting because, remember, he has semi-final points to defend at the Australian Open. So Ooh, that is not very sexy. That was, <laughs> that was a poor adjective. I'm sorry. I lost a lot in the Djokovic conversation, as you yeah. can probably tell. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's keep going. So the other semifinal is Canada versus Russia. So yes, Canada did actually make it to the semifinals, and they were the first place in Group C. On which, on what grounds, we are actually not sure because I was so confused by the points and blah, blah, blah that was going on in Group C because it looked like they lost, but apparently but hey, they didn't. But hey, we're not complaining. We're not complaining. I didn't even want to mention it. I just had to because I was so confused. Um, but they had some solid 2-1 wins against Germany and Great Britain and Felix Auger Aliassime. Aliassime? Oh my goodness. Francais is headlining them so let's go we love some felix action and we got some more felix chapeau doubles action we love that they're such a good team and they're such good friends and their fist bumps are out of this world so very um easy on the eyes team as well oh yeah so they lost their first match together against the u.s but won against great britain and um actually also honorable mention Felix defeated Alexander Zverev today. I would redact his name, but then you wouldn't know who I'm talking about. 6-4-4-6-6-3, and he did that today. Well, actually, the thing is that the time zone is so confusing. Like, today was tomorrow, but, like, yesterday. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, it was on January 6th. That's my point. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, to you... Team USA was, like, roughing it or something, because everything I saw in the draws, they literally only had Fritz and Isner playing singles and doubles against all three other teams, so that was so odd. Yeah, it was very odd. That is weird. But honestly, keep an eye out for Taylor Fritz going into these next couple of weeks and months, because um, he had a, I think he played Zverev too and had a tough loss to him, but, I mean, he's still been doing really well. And also, Felix will be re-entering the top 10 and kicking Yannick Sinner out and slotting himself back in there on Monday. Um, So it's actually a really exciting group of people uh, at that tail end of the top 10 or right next to the top 10 who are actually doing really well now. Again, Bautista Agut being one of them. Um, And what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. Also, this is Felix back-to-back wins against Zavera for Felix because at Wimbledon, he beat him too. So I am loving this trend that he's going on. Um, All right. Do you want to talk about Canada's opponent in the semifinal, or should I? The Ruskies? I got this one. Okay. Yeah. So Russia is the other semifinalist. They will be playing against Canada. So they are the first place in Group B with a nice 7-2 record. Pretty solid. They had a perfect 3-0 win against Australia and on home tour. That was kind of painful. But they also had solid 2-1s versus France and Italy. So the star of the team, obviously, Bessie Danielle. And the one person keeping Danielle from an undefeated record was surprisingly Ugo Umber. Crazy. Not complaining, right? though. Like, it's so nice to see him back. And actually winning. And yeah, especially this. after all that hate he got oh on social God, media. Oh my God, that was so sad. That was I actually really sad. wanted to cry. Um... So, honorable mention in Group B, the Australians. Again, Deminor low-key popped off. This week, he has not played well in about, like, infinity. Maybe more. Um, <laughs> but he defeated Berrettini and then Umbert. And if Umbert defeated Medvedev, that means that technically Deminor defeated Medvedev. 
Right? Then that that I was thinking that yesterday I was as I was watching Berrettini play because Berrettini defeated Umbert and Umbert defeated Daniel, so I was like, does this mean that Berrettini is also gonna defeat him? But sadly he lost in a very close three set match. But that's okay. But great for Demon. Mm-hmm. Very good tennis from him. And Ugo. Yes, and Ugo. Um, also wanted to highlight on the topic of ATP Cup, and because I have to talk about Berrettini, he has a new sponsorship with Hugo Boss, and I actually really liked the stuff that he was wearing. Didn't play as, as, have the, as amazing results as he did in last year's ATP Cup, but that's totally fine. I'm excited to see what he does, or I'm really just excited to see him, um, on tour, but along with him, we've had a lot of more clothing sponsorship changes. Yeah, Layla Fernandez with... Yeah. Lululemon, Sophia Kennan with Free People, um, Gael Monfils with Decathlon. Oh, I, I um, had the Penguin. I yeah, Isla with Penguin. Penguin One Penguin is a new mm-hmm. some brand yeah. she's with. Um, that so was a lot cute. Of cool, Those are yeah, cute. and I think Shelby Rogers also finally got a sponsorship with Fila. So a lot there, but just to conclude, Fila's our ATP not unique c- though. So like, she's not quirky. <laughs> um, to conclude our ATP Cup talk, we're gonna throw out some picks to win. I'm going with the safe bet and just saying Russia. Um, their player, uh, I think his name is Roman Safulin, or he is seems to be like the Karatsev of this year. He slotted his way oh in there God, onto the team. Existed. He's been playing doubles with um, Medvedev throughout, and he also is. I mean, he seems to be. I mean, they've been doing well in doubles, so. A lot of these ATP Cup ties are honestly coming down to the doubles matches because sometimes there's a huge discrepancy in, like, the first singles player and the second singles player. Or sometimes it's, like, the matchups are really close and then it comes down to the doubles. So, um, we'll see. Yeah, I did not even try to put the second singles name for the Polish team. I just know her catch. Oh, and... my, 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 uh, <laughs> my, my, uh, my, my, okay, whatever. I'm sorry. I really am sorry. <laughs> that I'm proves my point, guys. Uh, so, for my pick to win, I'm actually picking Spain. Oh. I think because they're doing really Wait, yes. well. And also, yeah. they have a lot of, like, solid players. I would like, love to see. All of their players are solid. I would love to see an RBA versus Medvedev in the final. Just to see how mm. RBA really does. Because it's, he's a, That's a he's, real test. That's a true test. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about WTA now. So the WTA 500 tournament going on right now is the Adelaide International 1, a terrible um, place. So the 2020 champion was Ash Barty, and our defending champion is Iga Swiatek. But let's talk about Ash Barty first, a.k.a. our Aussie queen, the Barty party, the best. And she's into the quarterfinals where she will face Sophia Kennan. So after her bye in the first round, Barty defeated Coco Goff 4 6 Seven five six one. She was actually down a break in the second set and two points away from being down five two. So a huge, um, a huge comeback there. Um, it is really promising to see Ash doing really well already. Obviously, a great match from Coco as well. Um, but I mean, I'm loving seeing the number one next to Ash's name wherever she goes. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And then, of course, we have Sophia Kennan, who is slaying in Australia once again, two years later. Um, but, uh, two years. Yeah, that's right. Two the years. The Motorola cor- curse has worn off. 
<laughs> yeah. So, Miss Girl has not played in six months, but she is back now, apparently. And she defeated Isla Tomlianovic, who's been playing nicely recently. 3 6, 7 6, 6 3. Isla so, had three match points and was serving for the match. Yeah, so that's. I was heartbroken. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> same <laughs> i don't know what else to say but um yeah apparently a quote from sophia kennan was it feels like people forgot about me <laughs> well they did including you're, me she's not I'm wrong sorry. yeah you're not wrong i'm sorry if that makes you feel sad but at least it gives you motivation to play tennis i'm and, so yeah. mixed on my opinions of her like i i don't know if i, I like her or not. don't no. I think I'm apathetic. I I really think I'm apathetic. I think like when she's I watch her American. When I watch her tennis, I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like I like she. There's nothing wrong with her tennis. It's just like, I don't know. Her her on court attitude sometimes amuses me. Like the the yeah. ang- the anger, the 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 constant crying and then coming back from difficult places because her anger and crying honestly helps but her. Like, I don't but, take them seriously that's my problem yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny yeah she yeah. just looks funny <laughs> yeah okay so yeah ash barty versus sophia kennan definitely interesting so let's see how a previous and re- pretty recent australian open champion does against the most anticipated player anticipated player of the 2022 australian open because like with novak not being here i think all eyes are on ash barty for all fields. She's going to win men's and women's singles, guys. Look out. Look out. She's coming for everything. All right. So our next, um, what is this, quarterfinal, right? Our next quarterfinal is Vika Azarenka versus Iga Shuantek. So Azarenka um, played her doubles partner, and actually now they've become really good friends ever since their Indian Wells final. They both have a lot of respect for each other, and I love it. Bedosa admires her so much, but Azarenka defeated Bedosa 6-3, 6-2. Not Bedosa's best performance by far. I was watching parts of that match. It was not ideal, but she's still been a player who's really been on fire, so certainly credit to Vika. Um, we're seeing her find her groove on the hard courts again. Remember, she is a... Um, twice uh former uh, australian open champion so we'll see if she can bring some of that back and from her 2020 u.s open run on the hard courts but um let's see how she fares against iga um again bedosa and azarenka took out the number one seeds in the first run of the doubles and they're now into the double semis as well so a very awesome tournament on azarenka's part um but also a very awesome tournament from the defending champion iga shuantek yeah, so she has played some phenomenal tennis this past tournament. I mean, like, really, really solid tennis. Because her every single one of her wins have been, like, those two-set wins with the low points on the other side. You know, <laughs> kind of reminds me of... Clinical! They're clinical wins. O-M-G. Not that word. She um, is not exempting any players from, from making her their air- clinical whatever. performance. Yes. 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 Um, so, again, it's giving me, you know, low-key flashbacks from 2020 French Open. Honestly, that was a really nice result. I was super happy about that. She's not throwing away any shots. And it looks like it's not Shark Week. Wait, do you get it? (laughs) Do you get what I just said? I just made another joke, but... She's not not throwing away any shots. Oh, she's (laughs) taking them... Yeah, 
As she should. <laughs> As everyone should. In case you haven't noticed, we're pro-vax. Um, so, Iga defeated Layla Fernandez 6162. Okay. This was kind of sad. No, yeah, I was watching a like, little bit of the match. Like, this was a beat down. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily, like, Iga was playing really well, but, like, Layla, Layla did not, she was not on court that day. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, everybody it's okay. has their days, and she's young, you know, she has time. I say that for everyone, but, like, whatever. Also, yeah. I keep forgetting, like, I always forget how young Iga is. Always. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then there's another quarterfinal going on, Reba Kina versus Rogers, and is that a I I I just don't know. is that a quarterfinal or is that a lead up to the quarterfinal? Quarter, quarterfinal. Oh okay. Yeah. Shelby Rogers took out Maria Sakari earlier, so yeah, this yeah. girl does not disappear. Yeah, she unfortunately <laughs> no, she's the one you can count on for the upsets always. Yes. Yeah. The last player we want to talk about is Kaya Yuvan. Um, apologies if I mispronounced her name, but. She is someone who caught my eye when she was playing Iga at the French Open last year. I think it was that tournament. And, First round. Uh, and they were talking about how the two of them have actually been really good friends um, for a long time. Um, so she's a 20-year-old from Slovenia, r- ranked exactly number 100. Oh, sorry, 21-year-old. Uh, did I say 20? I might have said 20. Uh, 21-year-old. Um, again, we love supporting our young talents. She certainly seems like that young player who can bring that energy and even, like, who knows, win this whole thing. Um, so it's awesome to see that depth opening up. Um, but her biggest win, um, and her first top 10 win came just a couple days ago when she defeated Arena Sabalenka 7-6-6-1. But, I mean, (laughs) Sabalenka was totally off that day. She hit 18 double faults. So, I mean, definitely that's about over four games gifted right there. Um, but, you know, still amazing because Kaya hit zero to a fault. So, yay. Um, but aside from that, she seems like a really cool gal. She's good friends with Iga, as I said. She's looking to study computer science. She's a self-proclaimed nerd. Um, well, maybe not self-proclaimed, but she certainly is a nerd in the best way. So I like seeing intellectual people joining and making strides on the tennis tour. <laughs> not another not another underhanded comment. Oh my god, I love that. Or should I say backhanded comment. <laughs> that was Anyways. It. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. the the last few that we have on this roster. Yeah, so we have like a gazillion specifically for <laughs> 250s happening there's gonna be plenty more next week so be on the lookout for those and their titles are so so, so. creative you would not believe <laughs> so we have wta 250 melbourne somerset one it's the one remember that <laughs> so naomi osaka oh my god she's back and i'm so happy and she has a sesame street character um, oh yes! That is yes. So cute. So cute. She also launched her skincare line. I mean, she's, she's doing such great. Such a queen. She's thriving. We should do a try on video. Or I think I could do it because I think that <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> in the I, summer. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's for melanated skin tones, and I, while being half Hispanic, am also quite Russian. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're, you're tending a little bit Vandiv and Rublev at the moment. Yeah. Not so much the other half. It's the January, guys. I'm <laughs> trying my best. <laughs> okay, so Naomi Osaka has been cruising through the competition with a smile on her face. She's honestly looks so happy. Like, she's glowing. and She was laughing during her match, which was, was so nice. So cute. I, but yeah, she's amazing. So she defeated Elise Cornet, 6-4-3-6-6-3, in, the first match, in her first match back since the U.S. Open. She crushed Zanievska with two breadsticks and faces Petkovic in the quarters. So we're excited for that. Also, just a side note, Elise Cornet has been speaking out a lot for Peng Shui, and I, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Like, I do appreciate it. She hasn't it. been my favorite in the past, but I appreciate it. And also, this is her 17th consecutive season on the WTA Tour. Elise? Let that, yeah, let that sink in. And she Dude. has constantly remained a fighter. Where's Elise course. Mertens? Oh, that's a good question. She kind of disappeared last year. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, that was a very poor choice of wording. Um, she sort oh. of, like, just didn't um, yeah, yeah. make any big results. But um, the main thing about Osaga here is it's great to see her back playing well. Great to see her happy. She talked in press conferences in the past couple of days about her taking the pressure off of herself by not worrying too much about the results and the rankings, which she said she was doing too much of before. Um, And she also will be participating in press, so that is awesome to see that we'll be able to hear from her. And along with this legend, we've got another legend in the ATP 250 Melbourne Somerset, Rafael Nadal. Yeah, so Rafael Nadal... Oh my god, Rafael Nadal. I forgot for a second there. But he has spoken out um, on the Djokovic situation, and his response, it was perfect. And honestly, it reminds us of the king he is. It was so great of him to actually take a stance on this, and Mm -hmm. in our opinion, the correct stance and the logical approach that makes sense. Like he said, trust science, trust medical um stuff experts experts yeah i was going to say that but then i thought about the quote unquote medical experts that approved his exemption but like whatever 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 we're good we're good um so the point is rafael nadal is a king you can go watch i think it's on tennis channel like the tennis channel instagram or twitter um the little video what he said exactly but it was all phenomenal and he is also through to the quarterfinals at the melbourne somerset this one doesn't have a number. After winning his match versus Barankis, uh, six two seven five, and a quote from that video was that for, he said the only for me clear thing is if you are vaccinated, you can play in the Australian Open and everywhere. And the world, in my opinion, have been suffering enough to not follow the rules. So, you can derive what he means from this. But the point is, here we are. We are in Melbourne. <laughs> good one. Thank you. That was I good. I was waiting for that. Yes. And key thing to note here is Nadal has been consistently vocal about being pro-science, trusting the medical experts, saying really great, smart, and sympathetic and responsible things during the pandemic. But we never see him, like, or we rarely see him be 
uh, take clear stances when it when it involves like player dis- yeah. uh, debacles mm-hmm. or drama or controversies. He typically is very quote unquote diplomatic, but He's to very see him silent. taking and yeah, and and this is um in response to a question a reporter obviously asked him about his views on the Djokovic situation. So he clearly isn't holding back. A great solid answer from him. So he clearly has his thoughts and wants them to be heard, and I love that. But yeah, exactly, and I really appreciate it because, like we talked about in like hot headlines, like it's gotten so murky everything that has to do with the Djokovic situation because there's so many issues intersected into like one big one. But when people like Rafael Nadal stick with their original opinions about things, like no matter what kind of area he's being asked the question from, that is respectable, and honestly, that is something to look up to and he's to certainly try the to most, achieve. He's certainly the most upstanding of the big three, in my opinion. He really is. Like, Josefina texted me this earlier, but remember, like, Federer didn't speak out about Zverev when that whole thing was being involved with his talent agency and uh, management agency or whatever, yeah. and, and Zverev. He literally and said, he like, kind it's of not defended my place. Him. Yeah, it's not like my he, place. Yeah, he didn't want to get into it. And, I mean, Nadal didn't really say much either, but you know, you can see here that he is really taking the step to speak out. Um, last but not least, in ATP 250 Adelaide 1, Tanasi Kokonakis has been having some great results. He's into the quarterfinals of the tournament for the first time since, like, forever. Um, since and ever, he defeated <laughs> He defeated Francis TFO um, in one of his early rounds in a really great three-set match, I believe. So, the uh, Tanasi is looking great. Um, we he had that great kind of comeback and good match versus Sitsipas at the Australian Open last year. So um, definitely has good memories coming into the tournament this year. And I really really want to see him live up to that potential and get back to where he was like four years ago when people were like talking about him all the He's time. He's so injury plagued. It's so sad. yeah. It's so sad. Um, but now he's but yeah. looking good. So, so yeah. don't forget, amidst all the drama, there is actual tennis going on. We are excited about the start of the season. I think we kind of underhyped the fact that this is our first episode of the 2022 yeah. tennis season, and we are really excited about it. We have a lot of cool things coming um, your way with the podcast, kind of expanding. We, you know, dabbling in writing, getting some cool guests on the podcast, other collaborations, getting our name out there, and really finding ways to, at the at the really priority of it is how can we make the podcast more engaging? How can we really engage with you guys with our social media and stuff? Because at the end of the day, that's what this is about, building this you community guys. of Gen Z. Pod- no, not Gen Z podcasters. Of Gen, Gen Z, Z tennis, tennis fans. fans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. We're tired. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and that is Game, Set, and Match for today. If you liked this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the rest of the season and, of course, all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released next week as the Australian Open Swing continues. And remember, my name is Josephina. And my name is Shravya. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hold on to your racket until next time.